name is Inigo Montoya. Hello, Marion. India and the toe. Hello. Use the false loop. What's your job, Marlo? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends. Go for it. Transform and roll out. And all forms the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd and Me podcast. Mr. Jonathan. Yes. What's up, man? What's up, brother? <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Uh, today, Alan, we're going to talk about our favorite, or five of our favorite writers or artists from uh, the world of comic books. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah, we're going deep nerd today. Deep nerd. Uh... Let me ask you this. Let's see. I, I've kind of known you, well, a lot of years now, and I know you've dabbled in Marvel, DC. Uh, I don't know if you read Dark Horse stuff, but I, I knew some. that. Yes, yeah, some. You delved into both of the major companies, but I always paid you as more of a DC guy. Is that a true statement? I would say nowadays it is. I think in the beginning I was hardcore Marvel. Ah. Um for a long time i didn't like a lot of dc for a long time and then there was a, sh- a slow shift i think what happened for me was after the big the bubble burst in the 90s remember yeah. that yeah i think um when both companies were trying to recover from that dc was kind of able to focus more on their writing mm-hmm. and and i think marvel went the other way and focused on maybe art right and um i'm, I'm just attracted more to writing Sure. And then art. So, like, I'll read a bad. St- I'll read a good story with bad art, as opposed to a bad story with good art. You're right. Right. Yeah, I would prefer the other. Right. So yeah, I, I. But I think just for me, DC's just been hitting on all cylinders. I think DC for me also, uh, their stories are, are are more in the vein of of comic books, the way I I think comic books should be, as opposed to what Marvel's been doing recently. Right. Okay. Yeah. How about? How about you? you? You're a Marvel guy, huh? Oh, um, yeah. I, I mean, I would definitely say... Here's a funny thing. I am a Marvel guy, but deep down I want to be DC, which is bizarre. You know, it's like I want... I yearn for that book. I, I think I told... We, you and I talked about this before. Like, I, I'm always like, back in the day, like, oh, when's a good jumping on point for Batman? Because I just never knew when to jump on for Batman because Batman is... They're, it's deep, you know? And... Uh, and... Th- you know, like Marvel. Well, I guess at some points X Men would have like a particular storyline, and then and when it end, and they would talk about good jumping on points. Because back in the day when we went to college, I mean, our only outlet, not really outlet, but our only source of information, I think, was probably like Wizard magazine. I think, right? We didn't have, uh, yeah, we didn't have the yeah. internet, so you didn't have that kind of information at your fingertips as to when well, when was a good jumping on point. Yeah, there was Comic Shop News, also remember. Comic shop news. Oh little, yeah, right. That little, 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 uh, little newspaper. Yeah. yeah. So it, uh, like, right now, I mean, you can go online and figure out when when storylines start and end, and you really didn't have that back in the day. So I always wanted to be like like into Batman and Superman. I just never found these jumping on points, and uh, and I, I I think I gravitated more towards Marvel it, early on. Definitely Spider Man and stuff. Yeah, well, one of the advantages of all these uh, reboots that both companies have been doing yeah. is they've given you a lot of opportunities to jump on. Right. Um, and I think I told you recently, I just I just caught up with the current Batman um, 
series, which is uh, the subtitled Rebirth. It's the, re- you know, from, um, God, they're 40 something issues in. So we're, we're talking about, what, two, three years ago, the Rebirth? Wow, that's a lot. Wow, they're still running um, on this storyline? Well, it's not one long storyline, but they're still saying it, they're still, they still have that little Rebirth mark up top. Um, and if you want to jump onto Batman, jump onto this. It's written by Tom King. Um, oh, and God, I can't remember the artist. He's he's really good too. Shoot, but Tom King wrote it. Well, it's a bunch of artists throughout the different books, but mm-hmm. um, he he's doing a great job with Batman. I was like, there's some good stuff going on, and it's not a Batman you've seen recently. So I, it's one of those things where I think you might be like, well, this isn't the Batman I know, and it's kind of not, but I think it's in a good way. You All know? right, cool. Yeah, because I think I think after a while, a lot of people were aping um, um, Frank Miller from Dark Knight Returns, and then even kind of the aesthetic set by um, Tim Burton and the Batman animated series. Like mm-hmm. that was there. That's what they were doing. This guy's kind of taking it in a different direction. Okay. But I think he's doing a good job with it. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so would you like to start with one of your top artists or writers? Sure. Um, Do it. Uh, should I start huge or obscure? I'm going to start with a uh, person I mentioned in one of my po- in one of the podcasts before, um, Mr. Marv Wolfman. Ah, um, Marv Wolfman probably best known for his work on uh, Teen Titans, mm-hmm. uh, the new Teen Titans. He totally redefined the Teen Titans. Um, you know, he made. I mean, if he did nothing else in in his life that I loved, the fact that he took Robin. Dick Grayson Robin and turned him into Nightwing. Um, I would love him forever for that. <laughs> so you know he he's the one who put together that original new teen uh, new teen Titans team of um, Nightwing, Starfire, Cyborg. Uh, he was Changeling. He's now called Beast Boy, but he was Changeling back then. Um, Kid Flash, I believe, was part of that team. Wonder so Woman. So he created uh, Wonder that, Girl. I'm sorry, Wonder Girl. He created that version of Nightwing. He's the one that that. That did that? No, he's he's the one that said, "I'm taking Robin and making him his own hero." He he broke he broke Robin away from Batman and Robin. He took him out of the short pants. He created Nightwing. Yeah. So you're into Dick before? I see what you're doing, and I'm not going to fall for it <laughs> um, because you do know I've been a fan of uh, Robin and, and Dick Grayson in particular. <laughs> so you were into him before Nightwing. I mean, so. Like, I liked Robin as a hero, as a separate hero, and, and I always hated that it was Batman and Robin. Really? You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, not always, but I mean, as a, as a you know, when I was really getting into comic books, and at this point, you got to remember, Robin had been around since I think the 1940s or something like that, and you know, he was in even in the comics, he was in his like late teens, early 20s. So you know, at some point, he's got to take the short pants off. Right. Right. Um, boy, this does not sound good for me at all. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we put him into. But the funny thing is, he became Disco Robin. I mean, Disco Nightwing. <laughs> yeah. Which, awesome, uh, which would lead to another to the, the and the thing about Marvel Wolf is this: I didn't discover him through the new, new Teen Titans. I um, you know, I had a, I have a cousin that's older than me, and when my mom would make me go with her to visit, you know, her sister, his his mother, I'd go through his comic books because he, he'd always be out. You know, I go through his comic books, and he was a huge Teen Titans fan. I would read all his Teen Titans. And I, at the time, I was reading Marv Wolfman's work, and I didn't realize it because I never thought to look at who wrote or who drew a book because I was a little younger then. Um, but I discovered Marv Wolf not discovered, but one of Marv Wolfman's greatest stories, a story that means 
uh, a lot to me in terms of my comic book um, reading and, and why I keep reading and, and kept reading when I was younger was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. I thought that was such an amazing story. Right. Um, and the fact that he was able to do that with all the different characters to write about all these different worlds and, and you know, the drama, you know, two major heroes die in that 12 issue limited series. And it's just amazing. My, um, it's funny because my niece uh, texted me today and she's like, uh, Uncle John, I'm on spring break and I'm looking for something to read. She goes, I've read, I've read a lot of books this year, but do you know any graphic novels I could read? What? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I was like, little girl, you have no idea how much I love you right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said, I, and she loves the Flash TV show. I said, if you, she goes, what about the Flash? Any good Flash books? I said, I will send you, and that's what I was buying. Uh, I have to buy it. I will send you the one of the greatest Flash stories ever, and it's going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths. Boom. Who did? Yeah. Uh, who designed uh, Nightwing? Do you know who the artist was? Yeah, it was uh, Perez, George Perez. I oh, well, there's pedigree right there. Well, yeah, look, Wolfman and Perez, that, that's wow. the team. That's the team supreme. And they did uh, Crisis. Wow. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was going to talk about Perez later. That's why I didn't bring him up. But gotcha. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good do, one. Do you, do, well, do you know more Wolfman's work? I don't, you know, no, I don't really follow him now. Did he, do any, did he do a run at Marvel? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I can't think of a. Well, nothing comes to mind in regards. If he did it, it might have been uh, might have not done too well. Huh. Here we go, Let's Marvel. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I know of him. Um, who did see. who did the writing for that Nightwing? Uh, when he when he got his own series, like they they, oh, they rebooted it. Scott McDaniel. McDaniel. And Scott McDaniel. No, he was the artist. Uh. Uh-huh. Who wrote that? Was it Chuck Dixon or was it Gail Simone? I don't know, but I enjoyed that one. That was a good run. So his very first one, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. His very first series, like his, the one where he got the new costume. Yeah. Yeah, that was written by I don't know, Fudge. I should know that too. All right, well, go look it up later. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, Marvel. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, it, yeah, you, you brought him up. So I, I think I'm going to bring up a writer that I brought up before. Um, Ed Brubaker with his run on Captain uh, America back in 2005. He did that with Steve Epting doing the art. Uh, the, uh, and, I, and I've liked Cap before, actually, if I had to pick my, my top character I like. It's, it's probably Cap. Cap's way up there. I also like, uh, I was going to bring him up later, but Mark Wade's um, run on Captain America with, oh, what's his name, Ron Garney. Uh, but this was a little bit different. The the the, the art on it, it is great, but Epting's writer was so good. When you talk about like, you know, I'm not gonna say resurrecting Nightwing, but he kind of brought him to the forefront. You know, uh, bringing back Bucky was one of those moments for me and stuff, and which was amazing how he did it. You know, you hear in comics and reading comic books about, you know, no one really stays dead, and when there when there was you know thoughts about bring Bucky back, you know, it was kind of like, ugh, you know, what are they doing? But he brought him back in such a good way, you know, and uh, that run of Ed Brubaker, that that was a good run. That was a, probably a good, I don't know, two years or so. Um, and, and this storyline kind of influenced what you see in the Marvel movies today with, with the uh, you know, the Winter Soldier storyline kind of runs parallel to the comic books and stuff and then eventually going to the death of Captain America and whatnot. But uh, that was a solid read. That was, you know, when I was thinking about, like, who my best writers, 
those are the stories where oh man i could not wait for the next month you know like i was dying like you know back in college you and i we'd, we'd go to the break room and we get our comic books and we we put them in order right remember that right, right. we put our yeah, best yeah. ones at last and we our sucking ones first and this this would be one of those books where like ooh, this can be a, I'm, I'm i'm gonna savor this one and uh that was that book. Ed Brubaker is such a good writer, and I, and I like him. I don't think he does anything more for Marvel currently anymore. Um, and yet, I think he's known for like writing like mysteries and stuff. Um, but uh, that that's a good one. I was very impressed with that book, and like it's something where I I you know I, I download the little Marvel comic books on my iPad, and, and that run is one I I tend to go back to every once in a while because it's it's so engaging, you know. Yeah, it really was a good series. And and the funny thing is you mentioned, you know, no one really dies in comics. But there was like an unwritten rule that, yes, anyone can come back except for Gwen Stacy, Uncle Ben, and Bucky. <laughs> like that was like an well. unwritten rule. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Well, no, that, but that's the thing with Brubaker is that he was so, you know, when people heard that. Well, first of all, nobody knew the Winter Soldier was going to be Bucky. Right. But. You know, when it came out, there were people like, no, you can't bring Bucky back. But he did such a great job with it that the people were like, look, he did a good, he did a good job with it. You know, it's not like it wasn't a cheesy way because, look, we, we've been reading comics for a while and we know heroes and, and other people come back with the lamest reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, Jason Todd Robin, for example. I'll give you that story another time. Yeah. But, um, the way he brought back Bucky, it was – because even I was kind of like, you don't mess with Bucky, you don't mess with Uncle Ben. Um, but yeah, he did a great job with him. And, um, and you're right. And you know what else? You know, I'm glad you brought up how we used to read our comics. I, I started thinking, like, why would we buy crappy comics? <laughs> like, <laughs> to put at the top of our pile? I mean, why? <laughs> why would we buy? Well, there were some I, good comics that were good and they were fun, but there were just some good, meaty ones, too. Yeah, but you know we bought books that we were just being loyal to the character, oh, even yeah. though they were crappy reads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that too. And <laughs> comic books were affordable back then. Yeah, that's you true. Too. You can buy like 20 books and you'd be okay. Today you can buy like two and it's the yeah, same amount as 20 books back then. So Yeah, they're 4 or $5. Yeah, it's a little bit different. But yeah, Ed Brubaker, good writer, excellent writer. I'm, I'm glad he got on to Cap. So. Yep. All right. Very cool. Thank you all. All right, my next writing, it's not a writer, it's a, a writing duo. Uh, for a long time, they wrote together. Um, right now, they, they don't write together anymore, but mm-hmm. for a while, they were. So it's Dan Abnett and Andy, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. And this is... I, I know, right? <laughs> I, well, they, they're known for their uh, um, kind of like series that are set in space. I think they did a run on Guardians. I think they tackled like the whole Marvel... They did like a, something called the Annihilation Wave, which involved like all the cosmic heroes of Marvel. But this is why I put them on the list. Yeah, what was this? Me. Well, I'm sorry. What, what year? What time period is this that, you, that you're reading this? Um. Well, the, when I started reading Abnett and Landing was in 2000 around. Oh, okay. um, but they did all this stuff happen because they were with DC for a while. So i put them i said to myself i have to put them on this list because they got me to really 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 enjoy a book i never i never had interest in never cared about like couldn't you know i would i would you know buy a copy just to burn it because i thought it was worthless <laughs> All right. and it was and it was the legion of superheroes oh really and these guys got me to not just care about the legions here, but to really, really care. Like I was so invested in their storytelling. Right. So basically, what happened was 
Um, I think DC was just having Legion issues. They didn't know what to do with them. And, you know, they had tried to restart their series a few times and it didn't kind of work out. And they give these guys um, the heroes. And they did a, a limited series called Legion Lost, where they pretty much broke up the team. Um, all sorts of not so great stuff happened. Or they were lost. No, what happened was I think something happened where they got like they sacrificed themselves like they ended their original series by sacrificing themselves and then legion lost brought them back together or or kind of but they brought them back differently it was very cool i don't i i, want, I should go back and reread it it was really great stuff because it was one of those things i caught on to later mm-hmm. like i bought like issue six because someone recommended it i was like oh my god and, and i kind of went back and back so after legion lost they did legion legion worlds uh, which was another limited series, and then it just kind of steamrolled into a new Legion series. Okay, and I love that thing. And and this is the thing why I knew it was the writers too, because when they left, I dropped the book. I, uh, I read maybe two. I read maybe two issues afterwards, and I dropped the book. Right. Uh, but they did such a, and they they actually went over to Marvel and they kind of rebooted their their uh, their, co- their for some reason they can write cosmic stories very well, almost like Jim Starlin. Oh wow. You know? um, but yeah, they did some Guardians of the Galaxy work. And this is like the mid 2000s. They did some Guardians of the Galaxy work. They did some, um, uh, uh, like I said, Annihilation Wave, which involved like every cosmic hero and villain, um, I think, in the universe, at the, in the Marvel Universe at the time. I didn't read it because it was Marvel, and Marvel was getting very convoluted to me. Like it was hard to, for me to keep up with what was going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Abnett and Landing. Um, and I think they do some separate stuff. I see Ab- Abnett more than landing now, so I don't know what the story is behind that. But if you're looking for a good read, Legion Lost, Legion World, Abnett Landing, Legion series, fantastic. Boom, that's cool. So, are they doing anything right now that you know of? I know Abnett is writing. I see him every once in a while because, and it always sticks out because I'm like, because I'm so used to seeing Abnett and Landing, mm-hmm. but he's not doing it. It's just Dan Abnett now. Oh, okay, I, I got you. So I'm not sure exactly what he's doing, but I think I, I feel like I want to say I saw him on the Spider-Man book. Yeah, maybe I might be wrong though, but yeah. Nice. Okay, I'm gonna go to an artist now, and uh, I'm gonna throw out there Mark Bagley. Remember that dude? Oh, uh, you know, yeah, you know, I didn't like him at first. He he grew on me though. He did, and I agree with you. Uh, so Mark Bagley, what was cool about him was back in 83, Jim Shooter created this thing called the Marvel Tryout Book. Right. And that's how, this is how the story goes. Basically, he put out this book, and I believe he had to pay for it, and um, he did it. It was basically a contest, and he won. So, the, you know, Jim Shooter got this, you know, this nobody in the industry and got... Um, Mark Bagley to come on board Marvel Comics and uh, he started off with a I I think his first major break was with a book called The New Warriors remember that book I did I loved The New Warriors love The New Warriors New Warriors was basically Fabian Fabian Nichesny right Nichesny I can't say Nichesia I think is is that Nichesia I I thought so because I remember reading it like (laughs) Wizard Magazine this is how you pronounce his name Nichesia or something like who cares but yeah, uh, that was the book, and and he he did the art in it, and basically, um, yeah, New Warriors, kind of like what you said earlier. Well, these characters are like your, your not even your, well, I guess you say your B list teenagers, I guess. And uh, he did a good job with that one. I used to love that book. Firestar was in it. I love Firestar. Um, Night Thrasher, I think he was the leader of the group, and they had Marvel Boy and uh, I want to what the heck is that guy's name. I was going to say Rocketman, but that's not him. Uh, Nova. And so it was that group of guys there. And then um, Mark 
Bagley drew that, and then eventually he got into Amazing Spider-Man. And and I think why Bagley's really stood out to me was because um, during that time period when Jim Lee was really big, <coughs> excuse me, Mark Silvestri and all those guys, they had this certain style of artwork where they did a lot of, I think it was called cross-hatching, you know, a lot of those details and shadings and whatnot. Right. And Bagley didn't do that. Bagley had a, a different look, which what I, I appreciated that, that he wasn't just rehashing stuff that people were currently doing because it was hot. And, uh, yeah, and he and, and his his artwork did grow on me, and I think it, it really excelled when he got on the book with uh, Brian Michael Bendis for Ultimate Spider-Man. And I, and I think that's when he really shined because uh, he brought Peter Parker back to being a teenager, and, and I think he does that pretty well where – you know, he draws Spider-Man kind of like a, like a younger, skinnier kind of guy. Where prior to that, they're drawing Spider-Man more bulkier, and and that was never my vision of Spider-Man. And so, uh, uh, yeah, Mark Bagley really shined with that, and he had a long, long run on Ultimate Spider-Man, and that's a really good read. That that run there with uh, Brian Michael Bendis and stuff. Right. So, yeah, I like like I said, I'm bringing up Mark Bagley. Is he like the best artist? He's not, but. Uh, it grew on me, and it, it, and when I think about that, those fun runs of Amazing Spider-Man, I do think of him. When I think of Ultimate Spider-Man, obviously I think of him. Um, you know, uh, New Warriors, obviously I think of him and stuff. Um, but I like him, and, and I like that he was he he had he had really clean lines, really clean look, and uh, and he was good. I liked him, Mark Bagley. So every time I read his book, I'm like, ah, this is Mark Bagley, and and I think that that little story of the fact that he was a nobody. And he he went for a Marvel contest and he won, and that's how you yeah. see his stuff today. Yeah, and I think what Mark Bagley is, he, um, I, you know, like I said when when we started about him, I I didn't kind of like him at first. Yeah. And I just and, I, and while you were talking, I thought about it, and I realized I think he's the artist that followed McFarlane on Amazing Spider-Man. And McFarlane, Eric Larson, I think, was it Larson? And then maybe yeah. he followed Bagley. And then yeah, Bagley, Bagley followed Eric Larson. Larson. Yes, yeah. yeah, I just think after... Well, look, Eric Larson's not going to shake a stick at either. But, um, <laughs> I know, right? I think I think after following those two guys, I was kind of like... Because, I mean, they're 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 iconic. I mean, Eric Larson's probably best known as an author, a writer now, but those guys are iconic for their art. And to kind of... Remember, he, you're right. Bagley won a Marvel tryout <laughs> um, <laughs> contest, and, and he's following Tom McFarlane and Eric Larson. I know. Two of the, you know, two of the best artists to draw on Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. And, um, so I think I think my reaction was like, who's this guy? Like, uh. And then, you know, his art does grow. He co-created Carnage. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just... He's very dynamic, too. I like his... Uh, I liked his Spider-Man. I liked it a lot. And you're right. That Ultimate Spider-Man run, was, I think it was a, a hundred issues or more, I think. So yeah, crazy number like I that. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was a long run and he did a great job. But don't you think when, when he got into Ultimate Spider-Man, when, when you talk about like things coming together, the writer and the artist, the, the, the topic, you know, of Ultimate Spider-Man, that one was just, you know, on all cylinders, you got a great writer a great artist, great storyline, something fresh, something new. And that's another thing. Being the ultimate storyline, it was a fresh and, and a new, it's a very daring thing. And uh, I'm, I'm glad they, t- they tapped Mark Wade to do that. What did I say? Mark uh, Wade? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark Bagley. <laughs> Mark Bagley, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, Mark uh, Mark Bagley, if you can pick up any of his stuff, especially the Ultimate Spider-Man run. Ooh, yeah. Please. Good so. stuff. All right. Um, so you went artist, so I'll go artist. Okay. 
Uh, I mentioned before Marvel Wilson, but and look, I'm not breaking new ground by saying George Perez is an incredible artist. Nice. I said it first. It's no, good. <laughs> I, I said it one million two hundred sixty-seven thousand. Everyone looks at George Perez's work, and everyone loves his work. Yeah, he had iconic runs on the Teen Titans. He drew the 12 issue maxi series Crisis on Infinite Earths. He had a run on the Avengers. I mean, the guy, and he loves to draw. Like every, there's so much detail in every panel he drew. Like he had no problem. Like if you need a, a panel with 500 superheroes in it, he's the guy you go to. Oh, he he, he, he would love it. He would love it. Oh, uh, he would love it, and and you would be able to, you you'd be able to pick out every different superhero. His yeah. details would be that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy is just a he's a he's a workhorse. He's he's he created again. He created the look of Nightwing. Um, all those guys, Starfire, Cyborg, and that's all George Perez. Um, his run on the Avengers was fantastic. I think I think it was with um, Kurt Busiek. Mm-hmm. It was Busiek and Perez, I believe. Um, yeah, so I mean, George Perez, he's an icon in the industry. Um, he's still kicking. He's still doing his thing. Um, my cousin I mentioned earlier, he actually he has a drawing um, by him in one of his books. Yeah. One of his sketchbooks. He's got right a sketch on. by him. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but George, like I said, George Perez, it's it's he's a living master. He's he's to our generation, I guess. What Ditko and and Kirby was to the generation before us. Right. Remember, they did that. Uh, I want to say this. Could he did be... X Men too, right? Perez, uh, Avengers, right? What's that? I was going to bring up, I thought he did a run with um, Claire. No, no, no. Oh, Kurt Busiek and, yeah, and Paris on an Avengers run. Didn't they? Didn't, didn't Kurt Busiek and him did Avengers, yeah. I'm t- did he do X-Men? Let me X-Men. See. He, did a, he did Wonder Woman, too. Um, let me see. Yeah, it doesn't Wonder come to mind. Avengers, FF. He did Fantastic Four for a little bit. Okay. Oh, he drew the Infinity Gauntlet, dude, with Ron Lim. Oh, Damn it, that's right. <laughs> he did issues one to three. He did the full pencils for one to three in the Infinity Gauntlet. And then Ron Oh Lim my god, I totally... Why did I think Ron Lim did that whole thing? Uh, well, when Ron Lim came over on the on the fourth issue, it looked what like you were watching Lim? it. <laughs> what happened to him, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, his artwork was... He was really trying to mimic the George Perez look, so... Yeah, I wonder if they asked him to do that, maybe. It could be. Or maybe Perez just tired. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because when you when you look at the new Marvel movie coming out, that is what a sixteenth of what was in their actual comic book. You know, you're talking about like how many heroes are in Infinity War versus right. how many heroes you're gonna see in Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, it's it was that was huge, huge. Right. So that's I mean, so Infinity Gauntlet, which everyone should pick up before Infinity War comes up. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, that's George Perez. Why not? That's a beautiful art. Oh, it's gorgeous. His his Thanos is um, his Thanos is so imposing. Yeah, right? yeah, that's the way it should be. Oh, I even the covers for that book is so iconic. That there's this. There, I think it's number three when Thanos is on the cover and he's like, "Come and get me." Yeah, well, isn't the first issue he's just holding the Infinity Gauntlet up like a fist? Yeah, and it has like all these little uh, pieces of scenes in it. I think. Oh yeah, maybe that might be it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's he's amazing. Did he draw the Muhammad Ali versus Superman? 
I, I don't know. It could be. Burn. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I don't know who the artist is, though. Because there was a bunch of famous people in the audience. It's it's Ali and Superman in the ring, and there are like famous people in the audience. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was him, because that seems like something he would do. I don't know. You know what I'm You know what I'm No, that was Neil Adams, of all people. I have his autograph, Neil Adams. Cool. Oh, I love Neil Adams. Good stuff. All right, cool. All right. I will go... Okay, I got to bring him up. Jim Lee. If you don't know who Jim Lee is, then you don't know comic books, because this guy is freaking amazing. His run on... Well, he did did Uncanny X-Men, and then I think Claremont and him, right? They they rebooted the X-Men back in 91. And they did that big, I think it was like five covers of number one, and they broke some record and stuff. But Jim Lee's art style blew me away. It still does. You know, when he draws Batman today, it's amazing. I mean, uh, the detail on it, there's just something very different than him. Again, we're talking a time period where we, we were on like this big bubble of amazing artists, you know, really taking the forefront of comic books. McFarlane. Jim Lee, Eric Larson, to name a few and stuff. And Jim Lee was one of those. He was, him and McFarlane, I think, were just on another level of of drawing. And his version of the X-Men blew my mind. Uh, He even came out with um, a series of uh, trading cards. You know, I think there was the X-Men 1 series trading cards. It was all purely Jim Lee's work. And uh, and I just got, you know, like the whole collection again recently at, at a con. And... His stuff is so freaking good. There's so much energy in what he does in it. I mean, he's just, again, he's just on another level. Because you think about the other guys that were with him. Um, who did Deadpool? Rob Layfield, I yeah, think. Yeah, Rob Layfield. Well, I yeah, mean, X, X-Horse. X-Horse and all that stuff. Jim Lee was just the detail, the, the energy behind his work. It's, it's so amazing. And it's like, it's like the guy doesn't know how to draw anything bad. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I don't like a Superman, though. I think he does a way better Batman. Superman doesn't look... I don't know. There's just, and he doesn't draw feet well, too. Look at Jim Lee's work, and he'll try and cover his feet as much as, as he can. Uh, but if, if you don't mind that, <laughs> then you'll like his stuff. But, That's um, funny. Yeah, he did... I don't think he was he was on that run of X-Men for very, very long, if I recall. Um Oh, the that's right. Cause then, yeah, because that's when he wanted to leave Image and, and stuff. Yeah, that's when they started Image. Yeah, yeah. but th- that was such an amazing book. I mean, every page. Th- that's what you like about when you find a really great artist. Kind of like someone like uh, Alex Ross, where every page is it's just amazing. And that run with Jim Lee, with the X-Men, you're talking about like the height of X-Men, the height of the mutant universe. And here is Jim Lee and Claremont front, front and center stage. And you turn each and every page, and you, every nook and cranny is wonderful to look at. And again, it's just a different style. He brought that cross-hatching style out, and you know people would uh, copy him. And and but you know he's just an amazing, amazing artist. Uh, what is his role now with the DC comic books, Jonathan? He's the, I think Wildstorm was the company he started within Image because because Image comics had all these different imprints and wildstorm was jim lee's and he actually sold wildstorm to dc so i think he's currently the publisher 
Oh, I could have sworn he was like a... Or you think he's got a DC job, or like an overall DC yeah, job? Yeah, I thought he did. I thought he shared that with, um... What is the name Sorry. of DC's editor-in-chief? He used to do Green Lantern. Uh, not Ron Mars. No. Ah, crap. I didn't do any research on this. I'm sorry. Uh, let me see. <laughs> but anyway, I think Jim Lee is overseeing a big portion of what DC Comic does currently. And so, you know, if you want to jumpstart a franchise or a book, you start off with Jim Lee and then he passes the torch to somebody else, which is <laughs> kind of what he does a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, he's not a regular artist anymore. Well, like a regular book, I mean. Um, yeah, I thought he was doing something a little bit more. Uh, like a manager position editorial yeah. yeah i think you're right like that yeah yeah i can't find out what it is but um the, the guy is just fantastic oh, and he blows my mind if you watch the um robert kirkman did a thing um about the the secret history of comic books or something like that uh-huh secret origins of comic books and they, he did a whole episode on image and when every you know Eric Larson, Tom McFarlane, uh, Rob Layfield, and all these guys like yelling at each other and all this stuff, Jim Lee would just they're like, and Jim would just sit there quietly, and and Jim would be like, yeah, I'd let them fight, and I'd think about what we needed to do. <laughs> like he he was like <laughs> able to rise above all that stuff. Um, yeah, it was just amazing, and and his talent, it, and it's kind of like they all knew, like the guys wouldn't get mad at him for not being active in these discussions because they're like, well, we 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 knew Jim's importance and Jim's talent. Oh he sure, needed sure. Jim Lee. Like like Jim could have walked away and not been part of. I don't. Uh, Jim would have been fine if he didn't be part of Image. But I don't know if Image would have succeeded as much, as well as it did. It, right. If exactly. not for Jim, if, if they didn't have Jim Lee with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, his art was dynamic. It was explosive. You know, he and, and it's great. It, you know what's great about these artists is they're, they're, when they when they. You know, when when the fans started discovering them, there was no fanfare. It wasn't like the, like Marvel's like this next issue, Jim Lee. But all of a sudden, the art changes. You know, if you read a series, the art's gonna change. You know, mm-hmm. the writing's gonna change. But all of a sudden, you just read it and you're like, wow, like what is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're like, who's this Jim Lee guy? And he's, you know, him and McFarlane. The, that's when I really started noticing artists, like except for big people like George Perez. But that's what I really started because there are a lot like Ron Friends did Amazing Spider-Man um, and he's great. But I never like knew I never cared who wrote my books. I never cared who drew them until around this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And he was one of the main guys and he's just fantastic. He's still and you're right. He could, you know, he can not draw something for a few months and then pick up the pencil. And he'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and his Batman is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I dare you look up any picture of Jin Lee's stuff. You're gonna find the feet behind a rock or something. <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob Lee feels like that too, but that's not the only thing Rob can't draw. Yeah, he can't draw <laughs> like thumbs or something. Like that. How about he can't draw anything? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Okay, Wrong what do you list. got next? Wrong list. <laughs> All right. Um, so we talked about Jim Lee. I can cross him off my list. Uh, I talked about George Perez. Cross off my list. All right, I'm going to go with, uh, should I go writer or art? You tell me, writer or art? I got one of each. Writer. All right, Chris Claremont. Oh, boom. Yes. Again, not a huge, oh, my God, who's this unknown person Jonathan's talking about? No, (laughs) I didn't discover Chris Claremont, but I can appreciate fantastic writing. Um, First of all, X-Men. Right. Anything the common, or no, I'll say common, anything non-reading comic book people know about the X-Men Chris Claremont probably wrote it. 
Right. He, he wrote the Dark Phoenix saga. He created the new X-Men, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, along with... Um, he wrote some of the best stories with Jim Lee when Jim Lee first broke into the X-Men. And the guy's just a writing machine. You know, he's, he's had some downs, but he is more definitely an up than a down kind of guy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he created a bunch of heroes because he had such a run on X-Men and he's been back and forth a few times that I couldn't even tell you all the people he created. Like, you'd, I'd have to know specific issues people were created. Um, but here's a quick list. Rogue, Psylocke, Shadowcat, Phoenix... Uh, the Brood, Shair, Mystique, Destiny, um, Emma Frost, all people you see in the movies, Jubilee, Rachel Summers, um, Landry, Shadow King, Cannonball, Warpath, Mirage, pr- pretty much the New Mutants and X-Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabretooth was his. Oh, I didn't know that. Strong Guy, who we both really like, <laughs> Gambit, all right? I love Strong Guy. Yeah. <laughs> the Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past. Oh, those are fantastic. Fantastic stories. Uh, he developed Wolverine into a fan favorite. Right. Uh, Claremont co-wrote X-Men number one with Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. That remains the biggest book of all time. According, uh, biggest selling book of all time according to Guinness World Records. Till now? Well, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, it, do remember? Yeah, because they're not selling anything like they used to sell. Right, yeah. yeah. They're not doing like five million covers for one issue. Yes. So the X-Men are the X-Men because of Chris Claremont. They should be called the Seedmen. Wait. Right. <laughs> this is not a good episode for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Anything to say about Chris Clamor? Or have I said it all? <laughs> no, you said it all. He is X-Men, you know? He is. He is X-Men. For all the stuff that you know of X-Men today, because I remember there was a time where, well, actually, you told me this. There's a time where X-Men was just poo-poo. Oh, yeah. They were like poo-poo, poo-poo. And I think Chris Claremont changed all that. So, you know, like you said before, you can have writers that can just really change the course of a book uh, just by their writing alone. And uh, they'll make it, you know, iconic. And Claremont was one of those guys that can do that. Let me tell you something about... um, Tell me. Chris Claremont. (laughs) He's stupid. Um, (laughs) He wrote... One of my favorite Spider-Man stories. What? Right? He wrote one of my favorite Spider-Man stories, but it was in an excellent comic book. No. Yeah. It was really good. I'm not going to spoil it because I want people to go out there. But it's X-Men 190, 191, and I believe 192. All right. Uh, and Spider-Man guest stars in this X-Men book. And it's fantastic. And I think, I think it was drawn by John Romita Jr., who we both really like. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. This is an X-Men book and John Romita Jr. was drawing it? I believe so, yeah. Wow, oh, okay. Let me double check my... Because I know John Romita Jr. had his run on his Amazing Spider-Man as well. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if he did But I believe he... Yeah, Chris Claremont, John Romita Jr. Sweet. Man, he was young. This oh. is 1985, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, you got to check this out. 190, 191, and I believe 192. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure right. if it's two or three God, dang it, you have to make me Google stuff now. Yeah, well, you have the app, right? Download yeah. them. What, 181? 190, 191, 191, and maybe 192. It's called The Colin Gath. Oh. K-U-L-A-N. Okay. 
Gotcha. Great, great. I mean, it's X-Men story, but it's a great Spider-Man. Right. Spider-Man's in it. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks for the recommend. Chris Claremont. Kids, write Dang. that down. Uncanny X-Men 191. Look it up. 190, 191, and possibly 192. Boom. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Artist again. Uh, let's, let me get my other Asian brother on this. Wiles Portasio. Are you going with Wiles? Okay. I'm going with Wiles, and I'll tell you why, my friend. Respect. <laughs> and actually, I, I like his stuff. Actually, when he was with Image, when he created his, his book called Wetworks, um, back in 2006, think of like um, like a covert ops military group and slash the uh, the powers of venom, I guess, with uh, like a symbiotic thing that was covering them. But in their case, it was gold. And uh, his artwork on that was so amazing. Again, you're you're rubbing shoulders with guys like McFarlane, Jim Lee, Eric Larson. Then you have a guy like Wallace Portasio who can. St- you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with these guys, and his artwork is freaking amazing, and uh, his stuff is so good. But again, I, you know, again, when I bring a Wallace Bertasio, like we said earlier before, there are a lot of artists that would kind of mimic other artists as well, because he he did a run on on Amazing Spider-Man as well, and you know that whole era there between McFarlane, Larson, Bertasio, like. You go from one book to the next, and they almost kind of look the same, you know. But you can tell everyone was kind of developing their own style and stuff. And uh, Wallace Bertasio has a has a little unique look to it, um, cleaner than that guy uh, Lionel Francis. You, you know that guy? Yeah. He's a little too extreme, and Bertasio kind of pulls it in a little bit. And uh, yeah, another guy that can take a comic book where each page splash pages look gorgeous and stuff. Um, but uh, his run on Wallace, his own creator work was very short-lived because I think there was an illness in his family. He had to kind of back away and stuff. And then oh, I okay. think it, by that time, I'm not too sure what's happening with Image, but I think he didn't own Wetworks or something. I don't know. He kind of lost something in there. Uh, and so you never saw him continue that stuff. But um, Pertasio, um, as far as I know, I don't think he's doing anything currently. But back in the day, I always got so pumped. If I if I knew Wallace uh, was on the book and stuff, yeah. Well, he did the run. His X Factor run was really good. Which oh yeah. Kind of gave him. Kind of gave. Him, well, that's the funny thing is when Image formed, like they, they they got all the artists from Marvel's top selling books. Yeah. X Factor, X Men, Spider Man, uh, the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, just just X Force. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. crazy. Every yeah. every top artist that Marvel had went to Image. Did any DC yeah. artists go? I don't think so. Nope. They're all Marvel guys, huh? They're all Marvel guys. Son yeah. of a gun. That's probably the best that ever happened for DC. It was Image Warping. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they were getting their butts kicked. Yeah, but you know what though? With Image, when you when you when you think about back in the day where art was a big thing. But let me tell you, man, all those image books, they're a weak on story. And I think that's why they didn't, they struggled. They really, really struggled because they were very weak on story. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of eye candy, but there was no substance to it. And so when you, when you read, read these books, ugh, it, I think a lot of these, brutal. didn't a lot of the artists write their own, maybe first storyline or something. I think McFarlane, that was one of the gripes he had. I think that he wanted to do more writing and that guy just stuck to the art because 
His writing was bad. Yeah, he wrote Spawn. Um, yeah, was, Layfield was awful. Layfield was, was wild, terrible. No. What did he do? Strike for it? What did he do? Extreme. Wildcats. No, that no, was no, no. Right. He did Extreme. Yeah. Ugh. Bedrock. <laughs> Again, when you look at it, it's amazing. There's a lot of it was dynamic. They were incorporating a lot of anime action lines. I guess is what you would call it. But um, the stories were they're forgettable. I mean, I, right now I cannot tell you other than maybe Spawn. I kind of have an idea what that story was about. Everything else, none. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> nothing. But uh, but in light of all that, or you know, if I'm talking like some of my top artists, if I see something that was like if I'm perusing through comic books, and I see Wallace Portasio's name, boom, I'm looking through that book. I know? think I think Wildcats and That's Wetworks were the only image books I bought. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't. I know I didn't like Spawn. I know I wasn't buying Rob Layfield books. I might have bought Shadowhawk. Oh, um, who did Shadowhawk? Uh, uh, what was that guy's name? Valentino? Yes, Jim Valentino. Jim Valentino, yeah. Very good. Thank yeah. you. He uh, was a writer, though. Uh, uh, he was I an th- artist. Uh, he didn't draw that? Shadowhawk? I don't think so. I thought he did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. These guys just stuck to what they're good with and not do both. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the problem that, that, that I saw, or we both saw with Image, was that they were Marvel artists. And they're going all over to Image and basically doing Marvel stuff. When you looked at Wildcats, that was the X-Men, you know? Yeah. When you look at Spawn, it was Spider-Man, Doctor Strange or something, you know? I mean, the the look was... I mean, if you look at Spawn today, you take off his cape, that's Spider-Man. I don't know what what you say. I mean, that was a problem I had with him was that they were just rehashing their own stuff. Extreme was X-Force, you know? I mean, that's what it was, so... Um, see, but Wetworks wasn't like that. Wetworks was totally different, other than yeah. symbiotic gold. <laughs> yeah, Wetworks was not X Force. <laughs> it was not X Force, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. So, Miles Portasio, look that guy up. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just want to do a quick mention of John Romano Jr. Do it. He was on my list too. He, uh, he, great artist, great. Family background. His father, obviously, John Romita Senior. I think um, my some of my favorite work on John Romita is um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, okay, I love, yeah. I love his Spider-Man work. I, think, I have one gripe about John Romita Junior. Is he can't. I don't think he draws pretty women. Like you know, he. I never found his Mary Jean to be attractive. Um, right. Yeah, it's I just something about. I don't know if it's, he can't do faces or he can't do women or but, but his his. I mean, his action scenes, the, like, when a guy has half to him, like a Hulk or something like that, oh. he draws them so good. He draws me. Yes. You remember when he did that run on Punisher War Journal? Oh, yeah, you loved that. Good lord, man. He made the Punisher look scary. <laughs> <laughs> he menacing. Oh, he also did a really good run on, on Daredevil, too. But, yeah. His, did he? Yeah, he, that, that was good. I mean, he. I think it was like a limited series or something like that but again when you bring up um um john romano jr another one of is those it guys, or romita i don't know be romita. tomato tomato but you know what i'm talking about <laughs> he was one of those guys where he 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 got his own style he wasn't doing the jim lee copycats thing like eric larson did you know he got his his style is very very unique very very different but it works and it works really really well but uh, yeah, he did a really good run on Daredevil. You will never guess how old this guy is. Who? Junior? Uh, yeah. Uh, 50? I don't know. He is 61 years old. Shut up. You so here I'm thinking it. he was all young back when he was doing X-Men with Clint Claremont. He was, he was in his 30s. 
Good lord. Wow, he's in his 60s? 61 years old. Wow. I, for some reason, I thought when I was reading um, reading his stuff. I thought he was a young guy. I thought it was our age. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so I did I. Wow. You know who it reminds me of? Who? He's one of, he was one of our fraternity brothers. Take a guess. Uh, by look, you mean? Or? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, by look, of course. John uh, Rich? Joey? Joey. Joey. Oh, <laughs> yeah, if, if John had a perm, maybe. Well, yeah. Um, okay, that's sorry, side story. <laughs> wow, he's in the 60s. But yeah, talk about a guy. All right, so John Romano Jr., great. I think he, he's heavily influenced, obviously, by his father. And since his father was peers with uh, uh, Jack Kirby, I think I think you could see a little Kirby influence. I think oh, that yeah, menacingness, uh-huh. I think that's all Kirby. Yeah, that, you know that that big sick medic thing you'll see he does with them. Yeah, I think that's all Kirby. But uh, yeah, the guy's just uh, the guy's a beast. Beast. Yeah. Okay. I think I got one more. Are we, are we gonna do one more? Or are we done? Yeah, sure. All right, yeah. I'll do. I'll do one more. Uh, Mark Wade. Oh Mark yeah. Wade. I'll tell you what though. I gotta be honest with you. I know you don't read the boards or anything like that, but what do you mean the boards? <sighs> well, like. You know, yeah, yeah, but I don't know what they're called. Oh. Um, he, apparently, his current stuff at Marvel hasn't been too great. But go ahead, Mark Wade. <laughs> what does he do now? He was he's drawing something. He's writing something for Marvel. I don't know. Oh, okay, Mark Wade. So I'm talking about, let's see, '92. Mark Wade when he was writing the Flash, and this was the storyline where they introduced. Uh, this was big on Wally West. They're introducing the Speed Force. Um, I believe he created Impulse too. Is Impulse still oh, around? Oh yeah, Max Mercury. Yeah, no, Impulse isn't around. He's not around. No. Oh. Oh. At least as far as I know, although they brought him back. Oh. <laughs> but that was a. <laughs> well, really... they brought back Kid Flash. That's why. Okay. Well, yeah, that's back, true, it, it Impulse was a kid. kid. But that was a really cool run that Mark Way did, and uh, he also did a run on Captain America, like I said before. And uh, and right. obviously the, the big big one he he did Kingdom Come, um, but but Mark Wade was is one of those guys where I guess back in the day and pr- probably not now anymore but he was one of those guys where I, I guess in the nineties whatever he would do it was good because he did Kazar and I was like you yes, gotta be and we read me. that I read Kazar yes I know <laughs> because of Mark Wade we read Kazar and and it was good it was really it was. really good and like I can't believe I'm reading Kazar it's because it was the writing and Mark Wade is one of those writers he was one of those major uh, writing icons of their of their 90s I would I would guess and um, Flash uh, he made Flash super cool to me so if I had to think wow thinking back of DC books I think that was probably the longest I read a DC book, but it was probably the Flash. Uh, but that was a that was that was an awesome awesome run, and I totally love that storyline because he had the whole like speed crew. You know, there was uh, it's been a while I don't remember their names anymore. There was a, a lady that ran fast. Oh, and, there's Max Mercury, Impulse, Jesse Quick, Jesse Quick. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. I, I totally love that storyline. Yeah, that was good. Cool. And then again, the Captain America storyline they did because there he was coming off a run where I believe Captain America was like losing his power and he had to wear like armor and stuff. Uh, it was it was a bad time for Marvel and yeah. Mark Wade's like no none of that. <laughs> and uh, him and Ron Garney did this really really great run of Captain America. Um, so yeah, so you, you're talking about like 
um, Mark Wade and followed by Ed Brubaker. I mean, that was like a one-two punch of great Captain America storylines. So, um, and again, I like I mentioned before, uh, Kingdom Come has got to be oh be- between that and Infinity Gauntlet, that's got to be like one of my top stories ever uh, of yeah, comic I mean, books. Yeah, Kingdom Come is definitely one of the greatest comic book stories written in the past twenty years. Oh God, I mean, talk years. about like the art, the writing, the the, the everything. I mean. Mm. If you're gonna like, I my one of my cousins, uh, uh, her name is Irene, and uh, she was, you know, wanting to get into comic books. And I went right to Barnes and Noble, picked her up uh, Kingdom Come and Infinity Gauntlet. I said, "Here, read this, <laughs> and you're in trouble." And she's watched every movie, a Marvel movie since, so <laughs> she she likes it. So uh, yeah, those are, those are two iconic books right there. But Kingdom Come. Oh my God! The writing that is absolutely amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, Mark Wade is definitely yeah. one of my favorites. All right. Do you have any more? I don't. I mean, I could. We could look. You and Bring I could talk all day. You I kidding mean, me? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't bring up Alex Ross. <laughs> I know uh, Stanley, John Byrne, yeah, uh, Alex Byrne. Ross. I mean, God, there's, yeah, there's Scott so McDaniel, many. Uh, Chuck Dixon as a writer. We yeah, are so many, um, so many guys. But yeah, uh, these are just some of our. And maybe we'll do a part two somewhere down the line. But sure. These are some of – I won't even say they're my top five because I, I can't even put them in any order. Yeah, but exactly. These are the ones I thought about and wanted to talk about. So Yeah, I mean I was thinking – I was trying to think of, all right, right off the top of my head, boom. you know, And I, and I wrote it down. I'm like, all right, well, this probably means a lot to me. So I kind of ran with that. But right. yeah, man, boy, that, that was a fun time of comic books right before the bubble burst. And pfft. Kind of yeah. stunk after that. <laughs> I'll tell you, they've been trying. They've been trying to clone themselves back ever since. I mean, you figured the bubble burst in the mid nineties. Yeah, and then the the onslaught, just people not reading comic books that much anymore, or reading them digitally. Mm-hmm. You know, sales have really plummeted. It's it's they're really struggling. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously Marvel's making more money off their movies than they are comic books. I think at this time at this point. Yeah, but you need the stories from the books. You know, right. I mean, these these guys aren't making original stuff. They're they're all coming from the books. Hey, we just dropped the show on stores long gone. Let me ask you: in your area, the mom and pop comic book store does that exist by you still? Or yeah, there's uh there's one near me. There's a few actually. There's two near me, but they're not. They struggle. Oh, okay, um, yeah. It, it, it's it's, it's not like this nowadays. Yeah, I mean, remember there was a. There was a bunch back in the day, and they oh. just all the They were popping up all over the place. I got one. I only know of one within the thirty miles. I got one. One mom wow. and pop comic book store. Yeah, one. And one of the, my main ones actually closed down. Uh, he just went out of business just last December, which was heartbreaking. And right now it's, we're down to one. So in in my town. Uh, Do you remember the name of the shop we went to in uh, college? The the one locally in town, the one um, we went to in college, Clobbering Comics. Uh, was it Wednesday or Friday? It was Wednesday at back in the day, and there was a comic book store in town that was Clobbering Comics in Kenilworth, and I got in trouble by them. And then we, and then we what? always used, used to take me to the mall down by. No, there was one, the one that was right by our college, Clobbering Comics. Clobbering? Yeah. No, there were Clockwork Comics. Was it Clockwork? Was that Kenner? Or maybe it was, was that me and Fred? That was me and you, I thought. I don't know. All I know one well, of What do you mean you got in trouble? That was it, probably. What do you mean you got in trouble? Was I with well, you? You were with me, actually, yeah. What happened was, you know, going to college, and then you, you know you'd, you'd write up a pull list. 
and the guy was pulling my books and I went back home for summer and I came back and he had like two bags of comic books. I'm like, God damn. Oh, you're <laughs> like, like, I'm not buying these. Yeah, I was like, F this. So I picked, I picked some out and the guy gave me trouble. I was like, ah, don't come back here no more. I said, ah, I don't blame you. Right. I, I, that was a dick <laughs> move. I apologize. Well, I mean, you're a college kid. You should have known that anyway. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was, I admit, it was a dick move. To this day, it was a dick move. Wow, look at you taking ownership. Ah, look at that. But I never, I never stepped foot back in there again, though. But no, you used to take me, uh, took me to the to the one in the mall, Menlo Park. We did that one. Is that a lot. the one we went to? Yeah. That's why I don't think it was a Wednesday. I think it was a Friday, wasn't well, it? It changed. It, in the, at first, it was Wednesday, and then they switched to Friday, and that's where we we like because Fridays at, at, on college we were out early, and we we'd make a run for the mall and come back to college to read. Yeah, nobody would be in in the office, and we. Yeah. Uh, We'd go for yeah, we, we volunteered because nobody wanted to work Friday morning, so we were like, we'll we do it. We're going to sit there and read anyway. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what we did. And we got our hours, and we, we locked up at noon on Fridays, right? Yes, sir. Or something like that. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, oh, I love, that was a great shop in the mall. It was. It, it really, really was. Really was. Yeah. I totally forgot about that place. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, I think I went to Clockwork Comics with uh, Fred. Okay. I mean, it was Clockwork Comics. Why am I thinking Clockwork Time? No, I remember going to the. I don't know. I remember going to the mall though too. Oh yeah. Well, we went to the mall quite often because then we get some cinnabons. We went to the mall. Cinnabons. See, that's where that came from. Looking <laughs> like a like a chill. Yeah. Yeah. I want to run the stores. What? Yeah. Man, we're gone. Fucking man, that's twenty-five years ago. Mm. Yeah. All right. Hey, that was fun. Uh, yeah, that was a good time. All right, Good we got some uh, thank yous, Alan. We got some new subscribers on Anchor. Holy shnikes, we did. Shnikadili. Uh, while I looked at that, why don't you thank our music man? Oh, the, well, I got the list right here of, of, the, of our new subscribers. Oh, our music oh, man. Well, um, you do it. You do it. What? Do it. Wait, what am I doing? Do it all. You have the list. Okay. <laughs> I got the list. Yeah, you we got, got some them. new people following us on Anchor, which is pretty cool. Irene, A-I-R-E-E-N-E. Uh, I say it like that because that's Cousin Irene. So she, thank you, Irene, for following us. Oh, hi, Cousin Irene. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And then we got here Julio Rojena. And we have JJ Graves. Vegan vegan Vintage Geek. Hello. Mario Aguirre, I guess you'd pronounce it. I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, they are new. They just followed us on Anchor. And uh, another thank you is um, we got the sh- show music intro. If you've heard that, uh uh, our friend over at Jellyfish Audio, he's on Facebook as well. You can check out his Facebook page. Uh, I believe he's from the Netherlands, so when I looked at his page, I could not read it. But <laughs> he's, uh, but I, I, I found his music, and it, it just really fits our, our vibe. And thank you so much from uh, Jellyfish Audio. Yeah, uh, you, you wrote him, and yeah, he gave you permission to use the uh, audio, right? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. wrote back, and he liked the little mix that we did, so we're using it. So thank you, Jellyfish. Yes, thank you for our new intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sadly, we are departing with the um, the uh, original intros that we were doing. Uh, maybe for special episodes, we'll, we'll make one up here or there. But, hey, give us your feedback how much you like those, because every time we hear them, uh, it, it tickles my ribs. <laughs> it does crack me up. I totally forgot. You know, you said we posted the uh, stores long gone, and I totally forgot we put a, uh, a the eye couple. Oh, yeah, because it's been a while since we used any of our original ones. Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, we used to do this. So yeah, uh, we, yeah, we banged mean, that out in a day. Remember that? We're like, oh, yeah. do this theme song, and then let's make words for it. And we probably did like fifteen or ten in a day. 
Yeah, I kind of want to redo them because we were using our old mics and stuff like that. So the audio, like the, I think the iCup audio could be a lot better, but you oh, know, sure. it, it adds to it. <laughs> but yeah, let us know what you guys think of, uh, if, if you like our new, I like our jellyfish intro with all the movie quotes. Um, so that'll be our standard default unless there's like a special episode or we come up with a funny, a funny intro for that particular episode that we're doing. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll record something, but otherwise that'll be our standard intro, kind of like our, um, the weekend geek intro, the weekend geek. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, did you want to mention the webpage? Yes, absolutely. Do it. Uh, um, if you guys have been listening to our show for a while, you know that we have friends, Pete and Jay that also do a podcast uh, called Enter the Nerd Zone, and me and Pete would do Fat Guys and Little Coats, and then we would all work on something called uh, Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Well, now you can find us all on one webpage. We've created the Brothers in Armchairs Productions website, so it's www.brothersinarmchairs.com. Uh, go there. It, it'll, you'll see a brief description of each show. You'll see a brief bio on um, the four uh, podcasters. Um, for some reason, Alan's is redacted or classified. <laughs> <laughs> um, so find out what you can about him, but it won't be much. Right. And um, yeah, and, and the best part about the website, Alan, is all four shows are there. All current. Uh, there's probably two or three of our most current episodes linked there. So if you this is if this is your first uh, episode of Nerd to Me ever. Welcome. Thank you for listening. And you like what you heard, you can go to the website. You can click on our episode before that or the episode before that. Um, but you can also check out our buddies uh, and their their web and their shows. So brother uh, com. Wow, so professional. Uh, yep. And Alan, we also have a YouTube page. What? YouTube channel, I guess it's <laughs> called, right? Maybe we'll call it a page, call it a channel. Yeah. Yeah, we do I do unboxings and you do uh, things. <laughs> you just you know I'm you do different things I wind up just doing unboxings um but yeah you know it's something we're trying something we're growing go there check it out give us some thumbs up like what you see make a nice little comment um we're gonna put more content up as we figure out exactly what we want to do with the channel but yeah we're definitely gonna be uh keeping that going and that's so, uh yeah look for us on YouTube nerd and me podcast Yes, don't forget the word podcast. Don't forget the word, yeah. And we're going to a Comic-Con next month, so maybe we'll throw some video footage up there. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe. You're so smart. Break up the GoPro. Oh, yeah, bring, don't forget the GoPro. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything else, anything else we need to thank? Uh, you know, I just want to thank our listeners, man, because we, we're getting such great steady numbers. And I appreciate it. And, and please go out and tell your friends if you like us to listen. Um, you know, let us know if, if you if you collect comics, if you, you know what you're reading, what who you like, um, what artists and and writers would you put on this list? Uh, you know, let's get some feedback, so some conversation going. Let's do it. Do it. Oh yeah, we have Instagram also, Nerd and Me Instagram, which uh, I think there's a lot of interaction going on over there. That's for sure. Yeah, Instagram is the. Uh, Alan's running Instagram, which is his new hot stuff, and I'm running Facebook, which is the old, old <laughs> stuff. Um, we are on Facebook, Nerd to Me Podcast. Also on there, please use the word podcast. Yeah, Facebook is weird because you have to, I think, specifically not just like it, but I think like hit a button so you're always alerted of it because of their analytics. If you're not considered a close friend of it, then I guess you don't show up on their feed. 
Oh, that's what happens. So, if I guess if you really like the show, well, Facebook's having a lot of other problems right now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram's where it's at. Even my daughter said Instagram's for old people. And same thing with Facebook. There's like this new thing, Uh, Discord. I think she calls it, which is a chatting program. But I don't know how we would use that for a podcast. But, yep. Yeah, I don't. Snapchat. Oh, that was the other thing. Snapchat is a big thing with the kids today. Yeah, but how, does Snapchat disappear? Like, how would we advertise if they disappear? I don't get it. I don't know. I just can't. I do know it this is <laughs> this is an That's audio why show. I'm staying on Facebook where it's warm <laughs> and I know what I'm doing. Oh, you're so old. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. All right, buddy. That was fun. It was fun. It was a good show. Always fun. All right. Well, catch us on uh, the weekend geek and uh, next time on Nerdy. Till next time. Martha. All right. Peace. Peace.